0: Hello everybody, welcome back to the Stack Overflow Podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I am your host, Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow, joined as I Optinm by my colleague and collaborator, editor of our blog, maestro of our newsletter, Ryan Donovan.
1: Hey Ben, how are you doing today?
0: Good. So we have a sponsored episode today from the folks at Shell. And I think people will probably be wondering, what is an energy company like Shell doing on a software podcast? We're gonna get a chance to talk about that as well as some of the technologies uh, and the tech stack that they're focused on, you know some of the practices and principles they have around software engineering, uh, and some of the projects that they're working on as part of the energy transition. So I'm very excited to welcome to the program Abhay Bargava, who is a Capability Center Manager working on native software engineering and experience design at Shell. Abhay, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Ben, and thank you for having me here. Oh, my pleasure.
0: So... Tell me a little bit, I guess, for our listeners. You know, how did you get into the world of, of software and engineering?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm originally from India, and I'm uh, an engineering graduate from Indian Institute of Technology, and then did an MBA from Oxford University. Uh, I started my career uh, with uh, a software consulting company called Infosys in Bangalore as a software developer, and worked in various roles as a tester, business analyst. Technical architect, release manager, development lead and so on. Moved to UK Mm. and from then onwards I worked uh, with various customers across different sectors like financial services, telecoms, etc. From there on I moved to Accenture again, uh, similar uh, type of roles, very technical and led uh, large projects and programs there as well with very large financial services and telecoms clients. Right. And then I came over to Shell back in 2005 as integration uh, lead within within our uh, sort of uh, downstream services. And uh, within Shell, again, I have always been involved in the digital and IT space uh, across different lines of businesses, mobility, retail, innovation, all of that. Um, and currently, as, as you mentioned, I am looking after native software engineering, and one might ask what that is. That's pretty much a full stack developers and experience mm. design, which is product design, service design, copy content, etc. Uh, and anything related to custom software development across multiple lines of businesses right. comes from my team, which is comprised of 500 plus talented leaders and practitioners across the globe. Very cool. We're working very passionately towards our ambitions of net zero and energy transition. Yes. I do have two other roles in Shell. Mm-hmm. I am a innovation hub lead for UK. And I also look after everything related to recruitment for software engineering globally. Mm. And outside of Shell, I'm involved as a professor a teaching engineering students over the weekend remotely top engineering college in India and uh, I am also very passionate about uh, giving back to the society and community which is why I'm I'm a director and a trustee in a local charity uh, which uh, deals with families in distress and helps them mm. based out of South London uh, and got, uh, on the personal front uh, got a lovely wife and two daughters.
1: Uh, Amazing. All that's right.
0: me. Cool. Yeah, I think our audience will be a little bit familiar. Our CEO was also born in Bangalore, um, and I know that the podcast and the blog uh, have a ton of listeners and readers from India, and especially from that city, it being sort of the IT mecca of India.
1: So it's been uh, mentioned at the top of the episode, you know, Shell's an energy company, but um, we're a software podcast. So can you tell us a little bit about what, sh- what Shell is doing uh, in software?
2: So, yeah, I mean, um, so currently and maybe for the last few years, uh, the focus of the entire world has been to move towards more renewable, cleaner, greener energy. And to enable that and what is known as energy transition now uh, and to go towards net zero goal, Mm -hmm. the enablement of all of that is through software development. Whether we look at uh, things like uh, access to Electricity or energy uh, or making it cheaper or more accessible to people, making it sustainable. All of that, the the impact of software is everywhere. And the programmers, designers in our group literally work through different types of things, whether it is helping people to find shell fuel stations or charging points, making payments using mobile apps, or, or using uh, various devices and applications to manage large fleets, selling products, and the story just continues to our own operations, how to reduce our own emission. And all mm. that is possible through software development. And even within, and, and we're not stopping there, we are part of Green Software Foundation, and it deals with uh, writing programs in languages that consume lesser energy. Uh, And it's a big topic in itself. uh, And uh, I am very passionate about it. And there are several others within the group who are very much looking into it. Uh, I think the other area, which is very much a a focus area, is e-mobility, which is electric vehicle charging. And Mm -hmm. how do we enable that, make it more accessible, but equally cover the end-to-end services through software development.
0: Yeah, the Green Software Foundation is super interesting. Uh, Lots of great folks on there from Microsoft and UBS and ThoughtWorks and GitHub. And it is interesting to think about because I've read, you know, as we continue to move towards a world that is powered by software, the data centers and the compute that runs can be quite energy intensive. And so finding ways to do that, you know, seems like an intelligent thing to do, at least with part of the time that you're working on the software, you got to be thinking about the software itself. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, you had a journey, as you said, from independent contributor, developer, tester, up to manager, now, you know, holding three roles. I don't know if you get three salaries, but recruiting and innovation and now you're shaking your head and also, uh, you know, overseeing sort of the, the way folks approach technology. What are some of the, you know, key things that you try to pass on to the teams that are working for you? I know before we came on the call, one you mentioned was reusability you know, for software yeah. components across a big company like Shell. Tell us a little bit about your, you know, sort of your view on that and, and how you try to promulgate, you know, best practices within a software engineering yeah. group.
2: And and you mentioned three salaries. I think I would say it's probably three times fulfillment <laughs> then. Uh, that's more important to me. Of course, money <laughs> okay. is important to everyone. Right. But I right. think getting fulfillment of your, out of your job and making a difference to the company to the customers to the society at large is very very important to me
0: okay well three times the karma then we'll say
2: coming to reuse uh, in terms of how do we enable our practitioners and leaders Mm -hmm. inner source is one topic which is open source for organizations uh, within the organization itself Mm. and this is a very very big topic and a high priority for all of us within within shell where we are trying to ensure that any component that one particular group or area develops can be reused by others, yeah. And make it reusable, make it scalable, performant, secure, all of that, right? Stack Overflow is another top such topic where we are trying to bring all of the knowledge in one central repository. And then the team members, they themselves come up with uh, various and very clever ideas around using I automation or hyper automation i would call it even uh, that has been used so anything that could be automated is automated and and ensuring that we we improve not only the lives of our customers but also our own colleagues by minimizing rework and several tools are used there for example we have got a, a framework that is used inside the company where some of the basics i call them like uh, security quality aspects etc are already clubbed in that. All the design assets, the, the, the pictures and images that you can see in most places, single sign-on, etc., are already embedded in that framework. So you want to spin up a new app, you use that framework, and all the components come by default to you. And then on top of that, if, if something gets improved by the central team, you get benefited automatically through that. Mm. How cool is that?
1: that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I know we've we've talked to other companies talking about or folks talking about how to remove the sort of boilerplate coding. And if this seems like it's going to be the same thing, you're same implementing the same single sign-on and security practices, so that's uh that's a great time saver. Yeah, for sure. I want to jump back to something you said earlier about um using the most energy efficient uh programming languages. Is there a specific language that's particularly uh, energy-efficient, or or is it sort of like how you use it?
2: Um, so it's it's a mix of both, Ryan, I would say. Um, so C, Rust, et cetera, are primarily used a lot nowadays. Mm-hmm. And previously, the design consideration was more around performance, et cetera. Of course, security is another big topic. Mm. So some of these programming languages like C and Rust, which were not probably so prominent uh, previously, are very prominent in our design consideration. Mm-hmm. as some others which were very prominent previously take less of prominence in certain scenarios. Or again, it is dependent on case by case, and it is also driven by a lot of, I would say, research and experimentation that is going on in the industry. Mm-hmm. And we are partner in that. Uh, so contributing and also benefiting out of it.
0: Nice. So what's an example of, you know, like uh let's take let's take a project that you know you're working on um that kind of fits this mold, something where it has to be cross-disciplinary where it has impact in the real world maybe with energy transition but where it's also heavily reliant on the work of software engineers
2: yeah so uh, i'll I'll take an example of uh, ev charging Mm -hmm. uh, where end-to-end services are provided by our softwares and and things range from finding nearby charge points even on the charge point itself how do you manage optimize the usage of that charge point How do you manage large fleets? Like if you have multiple cars, drivers going on B2B services, how do you ensure that they are charged up? You utilize the grid capacity better. Uh, Things like loyalty schemes are introduced, digital loyalty schemes, Mm. payment processing. How do you link it with even greener energy like wind and solar energy to make it even more green? So, So that helps a lot. And there, I think what we are doing is that we are using really latest and greatest in the technical stack perspective. So, for example, React for data visualization, then Golang, Python, GraphQL, MongoDB, Kafka, New Relic. I mean, the list goes on. And, right. and that just helps us to scale, uh, which, which is sort of the need of the R here.
0: Right. Yeah, that's interesting. You uh, just name-checked a bunch of languages, which are often among our most loved in our annual developer survey. You know, what is sort of the, the size of the impact here? Like when folks think about this, obviously Shell is a global company. When you talk about something like EV charging, what kind of scale are we talking about? And what's the sort of aspiration for that energy transition?
2: Yeah, it's, it's a fast-moving one, Ben. And, and what we are trying to do is, in, in, from a software development perspective, introduce as much as possible the latest tech stack so that we can scale mm-hmm. with the business and customer demand. Uh, I mean, we are talking literally sky is the limit kind of setup and hence using latest patterns like micro front end architecture, microservices will help us ensure that if the demand goes as per what the industry is looking for, hundreds of thousands, we can scale out very, very quickly. Right. Our own people, I think they look at very clever ways of how do you containerize the stuff and create microservices Mm -hmm. and so on. And even monitoring and data analysis is a big topic where people are analyzing the data to come up with more and more performant applications.
0: Yeah, that certainly sounds like there's sort of a wealth of different things if you were a software developer and interested in that you could apply yourself to and microservices and containers. (laughs) Ryan and I have been on at least 50 episodes, so definitely often a topic of conversation. (laughs) But I think, you know, I even have experience with this in my personal life during the pandemic. I moved from the city to the country I was able to get a hybrid car that has a battery and a fuel engine. And most days I don't drive 40 or 50 miles. I drive less. So I'm always on the battery. And a lot of folks around me have solar panels now because I don't live in the city. I live in a place, a lot of room. And one of the things they care about, to your point of it, is like, how do I, you know, what's the smart way to do this consumption? When do I put stuff into the battery? When do I take stuff from the grid? When do I give stuff back to the grid? And that becomes sort of like a holistic benefit, not just to us, but to everyone in the area and to the energy company, Indeed. you know, to the utility yeah. provider that we're working with. Indeed. Yeah. So I guess, you know, we've talked a little bit about the things specifically you're working on at Shell, but you mentioned at the beginning, you do a lot more than that. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to, to work as an academic and how you sort of fit that in with your schedule? I think a lot of folks who are listening, you know, are familiar with trying to balance maybe their job and an open source project, but how do you balance, you know, being a manager of a large IT organization and then also um, being, you know, a teacher?
2: Yeah, so I mean, that's that's one of my passion areas. And uh, I should mention this, that as an organization, Shell encourages and supports these kind of, uh, Hmm. let's say, outside of work initiatives. So it's very well supported by the company. I do it over the weekend. It's very, very fulfilling for me. as as a professional, as an individual, to interact with very bright students from the college and talk about what impact they are trying to make in the industry. So the projects that we do are trying to solve problems near the college itself. So improving the quality of water and how do you use software to help uh, in analyzing the data and so on and so forth. Just an example. And it is one of those things which I would say that as an organization, The company also helps us to think outside of our day job, wherein I am able to contribute back to a college whilst working full time uh, in in Shell.
1: Mm. Cool. I'm I'm curious, since you have the the contact with these students, what technologies are they most interested in learning about?
2: So if I have to take one or two examples, I think Python is the one that comes up a lot. Mm. Now I am also explaining to them the green software aspects Mm -hmm. and so on which they are very, very curious about, which is very, very good to see as well from my perspective. Um, but Python is one that I would say, Ryan, is, is the most sought after from a student perspective.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that really rings true with us. By the time this episode comes out, we'll have released the results from our developer survey. And I believe Python has notched, uh, climbed the ladder in most love mm-hmm. languages uh, or most used once once again.
1: It's big on the data science and the uh, the machine learning, so... Indeed.
0: Yeah, exactly. And now it's built right into uh, ChatGPT. So you can go in there and mess around. They have a little Python interpreter right in there wow. if you want to try to make code. I made. I sat down with my kids the other weekend and we, we whipped up Snake and Pong in less than 10 minutes. So it was pretty fun. Yeah. So I guess, you know, one thing you mentioned was source, and we're talking about the developer survey. Abhay, you had mentioned when you and I first met that you actually try to use Stack Overflow inside the company. I'd be amiss if I didn't get you to plug our stuff. When you, how do you how do you encourage folks to use Stack Overflow inside of Shell?
2: So I, I think it, it's it's slightly is similar to how Google has become sort of part and parcel of everyone's life, right? So you open right. a computer, a mobile device. If you have to search, that's where you go. Inside right. the organization, the way Shell operates, how Shell IT, I mean, how Shell IT can work for you as a developer, as a as a designer, etc. How do things work? How do you make things more secure? Where do you go for certain pieces of information? All of that is being introduced within Stack Overflow. We do have a Mm. mechanism to ensure that people are recognized who are contributing more or helping others. It's also a mechanism where if you are helping others, you are actually making a contribution to saving cost and time for Mm. the company and Mm. for your peers and colleagues. And that is very well recognized by us. So it is, it is one of those things, uh, which is why I I mentioned it as one of the things which we use in a loose meaning of rework, I would say, or avoiding rework rather.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we've talked about this internally at Stack Overflow, that idea of inner source and we call it knowledge reuse, kind of what you're saying. Like if somebody knows the answer, let's make sure it's easy for everybody else to find and for them to, you know, sort of be able to get on demand without having to tap that person on the shoulder and take up their time, which is really cool. Yeah. So I guess last thing I wanted to touch on, you mentioned the academic side of thing, but then also you said you work at the UK Innovation Center. Can you just tell us quickly a little bit about that and and what comes out of that that you're able to use for work or for life?
2: Yeah, so that I think uh, in in one word, I would describe it as disruption. So we're trying to Mm -hmm. introduce as much disruption as possible. Uh, Slightly also going off limits around uh, whether or not it is related to energy or not. So I'll give some example from past where... uh, I think things like blockchain and, and and so on. Metaverse is another one. So looking at those things, ChatGPT is another one. You mentioned ChatGPT. Looking at those mm-hmm. topics before, uh, I guess they become widely used and see what does it mean for us as an mm-hmm. organization, but also for our customers, sometimes also as an employee as well, and finding use cases, also having partnership with other organizations also looking at maybe bringing on uh, kids from other schools, etc., to look at some of the innovative stuff and get inspired. Uh, so, so that's probably also one of the things that I really love about my job in that sense.
1: We talked about the uh, the software engineering that you all do. Um, can Can you give readers, listeners, a sense of the uh, the scale, like how many engineers, how big is this?
2: Yeah, so I think I would say that we are talking about uh, more than a couple of thousand uh, software mm-hmm. engineers, Ryan. Mm-hmm. And the range is very, very wide. I think any programming language, any sort of tech stack or design pattern you can think of, we do have very clever people around working around those and solving very complex business problems.
0: Right. And if folks were interested, I guess, yeah, like in, in learning more or in or in considering what the opportunities are like, where where could they go to learn more about something like that?
2: I would re- highly encourage everyone to go on shell.com slash careers to learn more about the open positions. Whether or not you are, you are curious about energy transition, I think I would still encourage you to go there. And if you want to know more um, or discuss any topics that are mentioned here or otherwise, please do reach out to me on LinkedIn.
0: That's a good idea. We'll be sure to throw it in the show notes and folks can reach out to you personally. All right, everybody, it is that time of the show. We want to shout out someone who came on and shared a little knowledge, helped folks around the world to get an answer and become unblocked. Today, a lifeboat badge awarded to certain performance, giving us an answer to the question, how can I convert different strings to snake case in JavaScript? Certain performance, thanks for the answer. Congrats on your badge and you've helped over 15,000 people. I am Ben Popper. I'm the director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. Reach us with questions or suggestions, podcast at Stack Overflow. And if you like the show, hey, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps.
1: I'm Ryan Donovan. I edit the blog here at Stack Overflow. You can find it at stackoverflow.blog. And if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Twitter at rthordonovan.
2: Hi, this is Abhay Bhargava, Capability Center Manager, and it is of Engineering and Experience Design at Shell. And you can reach out to me on LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you soon.